On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about some NFL off-season news and the NBA standings and MVP race. We also continue our Parks and Rec rewatch with a discussion of episodes 1, 2, and 3 of season 5. Hope you enjoy the pod. Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Thursday, March 4th, and the Steelers did not unite all the Watt brothers, uh, unfortunately, but J.J. Watt going to the Arizona Cardinals. How do you feel about that signing? Good for him. He went out for the money, I would say. Um, it wasn't all about winning, um, I'm not, no, not, that's not a, that's not really a shot at the Cardinals. Um, I think I like Kyler. I think they're not the coming team. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think there's Super Bowl contender next year or in the near future, really, unless they make some other big moves. So, um, but he got paid good for him. Um, a nice deal for him to get. I like him on the Cardinals. I, like I said, I like Kyler. I want to see him do well. So the more pieces they would put around him, whether they're offense or defense, that's awesome. So good for him. Yeah, should be a fun, fun place to be cool to see him in a new uniform, uh, kind of an up and coming team, kind of uh, team with a lot of potential. So we'll see. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch, though, because of Kyler and, and some of the other offensive people on that team and um, and even some of the defense. So it'll be it'll be fun to see him uh, there and see how well they do. Um, you know, again, probably not a Super Bowl likely. Um, like landing spot for him, but like could see him in the playoffs at least and being just a fun, um, fun team. And you know, it's warm out there. So <laughs> fun. Nice weather. Yeah, exactly. So enjoying that. Um, but so not much otherwise in the football side of things. Um, I did see today that the bills proposed a new, um, kind of hiring process where interviews would wait until after conference championships and then hiring can't happen until after the Super Bowl. What do you think about that proposal? I'm kind of on board with it. I don't think they need to rush hirings and it gives those teams that are in that mixture at the end of the season uh, a chance to just focus on the games ahead of them uh, rather than having to do that while interviewing and, and balance all those distractions there. Yeah, you kind of pushed me in the before we, we got on that, you know, puts everybody on a level playing field and when you can hire and when you can make moves. Um, I don't always love it when the league will put these type of restrictions on teams. Um, but at the same time, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, allows coaches to concentrate on the team they're with um, and not 
be thinking about their next move while trying to concentrate on their current job. I don't think that's, that's not fair for anybody. Um, it's kind of like a college coach, you know, going to be a head coach, but still an offensive coordinator at another school. Um, they're pulling the cell. I think that happens with Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama this past year, you know, he's offensive coordinator, but also trying to input, um, his coaching staff at his new school. I know it's college a little different, but still same kind of mindset. So, so yeah, I think you, you pulled me to the side of just have everybody start on the same playing field, let those coaches who have made it that far in the playoffs concentrate on what they're doing and go from there. Yeah. And I think it's no need to rush. Like if that's the coach you want, then wait for them. Like you, there's no reason you, there's no like deadline that you have to hit. I know you want to have that time to, to kind of build up your staff and, and make those hires. Um, but like, if there's someone there that's likely, you know, a strong candidate because of the team's performance and, and past, um, past uh, performances and stuff like that, then just target them and wait and interview them. And, and there's no stopping you from interviewing other candidates. I think in the meantime, I think it's just if there's teams in the mix. Um, but like, I didn't fully see the proposal from that side of things, but I, will be interesting to see how people end up voting on it. It's not implemented or anything yet, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if those are people that you're interested in hiring as those teams that made it further, just wait for them. <laughs> They'll be like there in three weeks for you. So um, you don't have to uh, rush from that side of things. If there's good candidates out there that you want to talk to. Um, so why not? Um, that's how I feel about it at least, but um, any chance that you see, I know there's been some Russell Wilson uh, showing up in, in various jerseys of the teams that he uh, said he'd be interested in. Did you have a favorite? <laughs> oh, the um, Cowboys, of course, because anything that gives you a little bit of hope leading into the season um, makes me laugh. So when I when I said <laughs> that uh, picture of him in a Cowboys uniform, I'll, I'll just troll you all day with that. So uh, that was my favorite. Damn it, you looked good in that jersey. <laughs> there it is. There it is. The little, little bit of hope you liked. <laughs> it's not happening, but he did look good in, in Cowboys blue and white. Uh, I also thought he looked really good. I already thought this anyway in the Bears colors too. Um, and and there seems to be some some credence there. Like some people think it that actually could maybe something could happen there. I, I still, he's staying with the Seattle next year. That's what I think. I, I agree. I think he's just making sure people aren't getting comfortable. I think, I think, I think that's the biggest thing with what's going on. Um, I mean, makes me think he might not be a lifelong Seahawk, but um, I don't think he's going anywhere in the near future. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that might be something we see a little bit more frequently. We talked about this, I think, last week with quarterbacks just being the new uh, kind of, you know, NBA player kind of mentality where it's you're not going to see QBs like a Tom Brady, like an Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees type, um, really long careers. Maybe, I mean, Mahomes will probably be the exception, but that's kind of up to him. Um, but we might see that a little bit more common where if players just want to move around, if they want, despite, you know, past successes like a Russell Wilson, um, maybe it's just looking for better opportunities and any opportunity, any opportunity they have to, to win a Super Bowl because those are hard to come by. Um, especially in a league where Pat Mahomes is very young and seems to have the talent around him to kind of maintain that success for, for the long haul too. So we'll see, but 
I could start a trend. Uh, Watson might have started something here and we'll end up seeing how it plays out. I don't think as many front offices are as garbage as the Texans. So I don't see the other 31 teams letting a talent like Watson walk, walk away. You know, they clearly wanted to pay him, but then they were just garbage and messed everything up. Um, I still think there's like a elite tier, like Mahomes. I think, like I said, I think Watson would have stayed with the Texans. The Texans, Texans were in a mess. Um, Rogers that would stay with the team. And then I think you're right. I think it does fall off after that. I think you really do need to be elite. Um, and you'll see other quarterbacks move around. Yeah. I mean, what's going to be interesting is a lot of the teams that have been bad have been bad for quite a while. Um, like a Jets and the Bengals and stuff like that. So, you know, does a Joe Burrow give it a, like three or four years before he's like, you know, things aren't really improving here. Like the Browns have kind of built up around Baker. So like, you know, despite that maybe not being the, the right selection there, they still like made the playoffs and seem like a up and coming team. They, they went after free like talent and made trades and got Odell and signed some other free agents and stuff like that. So they seem to be willing to put in the effort needed to kind of get their team to be a contender. Um, but if teams are like the Bengals or the Jets or, you know, some of those, the Lions kind of just continually not do the right thing, then, you know, does a Trevor Lawrence, if they get drafted by like the Jets or the Jaguars or, or one of these teams and they're kind of like, well, you know, I'd give it like a few years, but I'm like, no, like, let's move on. I, I don't have all the time to waste and I'd like to try my luck elsewhere because it doesn't seem like anything's happening here. Um, we'll see. Which, speaking of quarterbacks and the Jets, um, saw that today that the GM is open to offers for Darnold. So do you see this as them? They haven't said, like you said, he'd pick up a phone call, essentially was the quote um, to hear to hear the offer. Um, so do you think he's traded before the, the draft or for Watson, even in some cases? What do you think happens um, there? I don't think he, he's going to be in the mix for Watson because um, the GM did say he's not looking like – not expecting a superstar in the trade. Um, I think any GM – I think any GM for the most part, honestly, should – never not pick up the phone whether you say that publicly or not that's one thing um but i don't think anybody's off limits i think everybody has extremely high prices unlike other people but i think you should always listen to offers even if it's crazy um so no i like sam Darnold still i part of me thinks the jets should stick with him a little bit longer um but I do think he's a very movable asset. And if done well, I think a lot of teams would be interested in having. Him. So I don't know if him saying that is trying to lull teams into calling him or if he's had calls and he's saying he's still open for more. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I don't think he stays on the Jets next year. That would be my guess. Uh, I think they'll try to go in a different direction and it could be interesting. I, I, I'd be excited to see what Darnold can do at another team with a different coordinator and, and all that kind of stuff. I know that they would have kind of been that situation anyway because they just hired a new coach. Um, but this will be exciting to see him get a fresh start while he's still young and and um, there's some, still some talent there. Um, and maybe a, a change of scenery will do him some good. Um, end up seeing. Uh, so that's just some quick 
NFL hits, not much going on there, <laughs> at least not until Watson ends up getting traded or we get to the NFL draft. Um, but yeah, so moving into the, the NBA world, uh, we are our second coach firing. Um, the Atlanta Hawks um, let go of their coach. Seems like that one isn't too surprising. They are in the mix. Uh, they're only, you know, two and a half or a game and a half behind the eighth spot um, in the East right now. Uh, so still a little bit in the mix. They have a lot of young talent there, but they didn't seem happy with the coach. Um, they didn't seem to have a good relationship with him. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see who they hire though, because I think that would be a really enticing, potentially enticing spot. Um, you know, considering some of the young players that are there, um, still missing some pieces, but I think that would be a fun, uh, team to coach and, and an attractive spot for some people. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's a very attractive spot for any coach. Um, I do think they've been underachieving this year and recently, um, but I think the ceiling is high. So if you're a young coach looking for an opportunity or I'm curious, I'm curious if they go with a, a, a name or if they go with a no name that's been a strong assistant um, in an organization, but definitely still a lot of the potential there. And Going to the East right now, not a bad decision either because you, you, you're, you're right, that team can still become a playoff team. It might not be a great team this year, but you can still become a playoff team. And I think the East playoffs will be wild. And I'm not going to say it's going to be better basketball than the West, but um, there's going to be a lot of teams right there in the mix. Yeah, tight race is going to be like the NFC East. Like, it doesn't matter if it's like not the best quality, uh, but it's going to be exciting. Like, it's going to be um, a close finish um there but yeah i mean only because his name's in the in the picture now um i didn't really know it prior to this but that david vanderpool guy um from the timberwolf set some people were thought he was overlooked um mm -hmm. for that role but has some really good experience with guards i mean that could be a good spot for him that's considering trey young is kind of the the person they're building their team around whether that's the right decision or not time will tell it's still only his still early He's only his third year right now, um, and he's still a pretty talented guy. Um, so, but maybe he could make some changes there, and they have some other good young guards there. Um, Atlanta feels like an attractive city, so like it's a little bit better of a destination of a destination for people like always picking LA or New York teams um, or Florida. So um, Atlanta could be a little bit more of a draw for free agents, and so again, getting the right coach and. Uh, some opportunities there would be just, it seems like it would be an interesting option. I, I could see Jerry Stackhouse also being considered for that role. Um, so we'll end up seeing, cause I think this is when do they hire someone to finish out the year? I feel like they would want to, or do they go interim and then just focus on, um, that in the off season? It's a long, long road ahead, but I think maybe I could see them just going interim, um, and not really making that strong push to get into the playoffs and just try to play, play their uh, cards right in the off season. It's a little bit of a weird season too this year with it being still during COVID and shortened season. Um, so there's still some like weirdness there where maybe it's just, let's just get back to like a regular, you know, season again. Um, and, and we'll just ride out with our interim and see how they do. And if they make the playoffs, maybe that's a, a sign for them to, um to hire that coach too sure. it'd be interesting though 
I, I would, I think that's a, an, an enticing spot more so than the Timberwolves job would have been just because, well, both, both organizations haven't had a good track record though. So there's still some higher up people you gotta be dealing with and worry about, but. Yeah, they made name Nick, Mc, one of the assistants, Nick McMillan, um, the interim Nick or Nate? Nate, excuse me. Thank you. Um, so he's been in the league 16 years, uh, all the way back to the Supersonics. Um, and he has spent some time as a head coach a lot of times. Like I said, he was head coach of the Supersonics, Trailblazers, and Pacers. Um, been a head coach in a lot of games. So I think you're right. I think they'll go interim with him. Um, he's obviously knows how to be a head coach or has been in that role um, and then start fresh in the offseason. What's funny is I was just looking it up and NBC Sports, the headline says, Nate McMillan reluctantly agreed to <laughs> take over. So that's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, best of luck to them. Um, they're a fun team to watch. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what ends up happening there, but that's uh, coach firing number two. The only other one I can think of is maybe Pistons, um, Wizards. Those, some of those are newer guys. Um, which is not, many seven, others, not many others, though. Seven three over their last ten. I think they could still make a little bit of push with the star power they have if they can get it clicking. But um, they, if they keep Beal, <laughs> they keep Beal. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, he seems to currently be happy. Um, Winning heals a lot. I mean, I, I could see them coming out of the, uh, the All-Star break strong and putting on a little bit of a run after the break as long as they defend a little better. Yeah. Um, we have the Suns have overtaken the Lakers on the two spot. Um, kind of surprising, but exciting. I, I think the Suns are a fun team. They have been um, one of those like teams that you just kind of root for, just even if they're not like your, not like your main team. Uh, but since like the Steve Nash and Barkley and Kevin Johnson years, just fun teams to watch and they got cool jerseys and um, that sort of thing. But uh, kind of a surprise that they would be number two seed. I thought they'd be in a playoff picture, but I thought more in like the maybe seven to five range. Uh, but being a two seed, super impressive. They've been great so far this year. And they've now overtaken the Lakers in that two spot. Um any thoughts there? Do you think they, they maintain that kind of position and qualify? Rare. I know you, you, you had a good stat that I'll let you kind of share out. Oh, I believe they're probably, uh, I believe the record is the best record since the bubble last year. Um, rare thing, a uh, team living up to the hype doesn't happen. It's usually the other way around crashing and burning. Um, Almost yeah, I think in some ways. Fun team to watch if, Anybody that told me Jazz and Sun would be the one-two team at the All-Star break probably wouldn't have believed him at the start of the year. I would ask you what year it was. <laughs> um, but no, good for them. I, I like – I'm glad it's not LA, LA at the top. Yes, they're 3-4 right now, but let's have some different teams in there. Um, kind of the Brady effect. I'm still not ready to bet against LeBron in the playoffs. I know we'll get to that. But um, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of drag out series, I think, in the West, um, especially when you get to those four teams, five, you know, I think then the Nuggets still have a lot to say in the West. Jokic, Jokic has been insane the last yeah. few games. So don't count up the Nuggets either. So 
Yeah, but I do like that they're mixed. They're young, but they also have uh, Chris Paul running the point. I think that's probably quietly one of the biggest moves of the offseason. Um, I know I bagged on Chris Paul a little bit, um, called him a little overrated, but I can say when I'm wrong, and I was wrong there. Um, so clearly a locker room guy, and I think that's bringing everybody there to the next level, his leadership. Yeah, I, it's very – very impressive. Uh, Booker seems to have stepped up his game. Uh, Bridges and to have some really good just supporting talent there. Um, and and just ready. Like this seems like, I mean, Paul doesn't have many years left. So this is kind of one of his last stands to, to kind of um, to make that run for his first title, which he's, that's a, kind of the piece that's missing. Um, but to your point, I think just like the East, but in a better way, um, this will be a super competitive um, kind of one for playoff seating and then two once the playoffs start. I mean, like right now, at, without considering playing games, which you have Luka Doncic, who is like one of the best players in the league already, kind of lurking and potentially making a push in for the eight seed. Um, but right now it's the Warriors <laughs> or the eight seed. That's as opposed to like the Hornets on the other side. Uh, like that's a it's not an ideal team to, that you want to face right now. They have one of the best defenses, and um, Steph Curry still. So, you know, like that's it's not the ideal opponent you would face and uh, want to face as a one seed. Um, and then even like the Suns being the two seed, you have to face Jokic and the Nuggets who have looked really good too as of late. So there's no real fun matchups. I mean, um, in terms of like oh, that team's kind of getting a, a walk into the next round. It's going to be very competitive uh, matchups, um, matchups there. And, and I'm excited for that, though, because it's going to be cool. I don't think it's a, a clear giveaway. I think there's still people favoring the Lakers, um, but I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as um, kind of unanimous with their selection um, as the season was long, especially as we maybe see how AD's injury plays out, which sounds like it's, uh, not going to be, it's going to be a lingering one is, is how I'll say it. Um, which to my next point, do you think LeBron's MVP chances have been hurt at all? Um, uh, because this was seen as maybe his, uh, rehearsal to kind of show like why he deserved to be MVP with no AD in the lineup. Like he could kind of carry them to, to still be strong. Um, but since they've lost the one spot, they're now the three spot. They've been four and six in the last 10 games. It hasn't looked that great. They've lost some, some games. And I mean, he's played like obviously LeBron's still playing well, but uh, the team itself. So like it's almost making an argument for AD being the most valuable person on that team. Um, but it's hard when like, if you're saying you're the MVP, then you should be kind of making your team kind of maintain its position, but it's kind of been falling off. So do you think it's being hurt in any way? Yeah, they keep trending this way for sure. Um, he was able to carry Cavaliers teams in the past, you know, when he was younger, but he didn't have stars around him. Um, in the earlier years when he was with the Cavs, I know in the later runs, um, he had Love and Kyrie, obviously. But yeah, he... he in the West, I don't think he can get away night in and night out. 
like a playoff run, I think is different than the regular season. Um, I still think he's obviously incredibly dangerous in the playoffs and could put together a playoff run, but for the regular season, yeah, it's hurting. And this keeps up like teams keep bringing the best and beating them every night. They bring the best. Yeah, it's shown how much he needs that second in command that Robin or, and I think on any given night, he could be Robin to the bat Batman one and Batman one a really. Um, so I think this is maybe not showing LeBron's lack of candidacy for an MVP, but showing how important AD is. Yeah. I think that's, that's become clear. And I don't think any of us really are surprised by that. Um, but because of kind of LeBron's candidate um, like campaign to try to get this MVP award at this stage, um, this seemed like it was leading in that direction. He's taking his first game off um, tonight, I think, uh, but we'll still play in the play in the all-star game. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be a large workload to take on, um, especially if AD's injury is longer than expected or, or lingers or gets worse, uh, which could very well be the case. Um, but that team without AD is much less dangerous. And I would be more willing to make picks against Lakers, even if that's so hard with LeBron being on the team and, and, you know, kind of having the Brady rule there where don't really bet against them until they prove otherwise. Um, and yet we go again and yet we bet against Brady. And so. I probably will still vote against the Lakers. It's more of just, hoping and what I think, but uh, somewhere in between there. Um, but yeah, I, I think with like someone like Luca making a run, Jokic is performance over the last few games. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell still making a case. Giannis and, and the Bucks won five in a row recently. Um, and he's looked great over that stretch of time. You know, Katie's had maybe maybe miss too much time, but like he'll be coming back in the second half of the year. The 76ers are still at the one spot in the East. Uh, so Embiid still having a strong season. Um, so there's a lot of people to throw in the mix. James Harden has looked awesome for the Nets. Um, not sure if that would have ever happened before where a team, a person was traded uh, across um, across divisions and, and still won MVP. That would be an interesting Thing. I don't think he's going to be at the, I think there's other people ahead of him right now, but still an interesting case because of how strong he's been playing and how well the um, Nets are doing right now. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be another exciting finish. I think everyone went in with LeBron maybe as the number one, and this is the, this is everyone else's chance to kind of make their own campaign and push for uh, surpassing him over this stretch of, of no AD um for as long as that's the case um so another good exciting finish all of this stuff's gonna be good i'm really excited for this nba season it's been it's gonna be fun um i just really quickly touching on that east seedings that we talked about there's seven teams i know we were making fun of their uh, 500 records and the amount of teams below 500 uh last week but just to put it into context there's now the celtics were out of the playoff hunt before and now they're the four seed so just in a week, they've already moved back into the, the picture, um, which isn't too surprising. I think we both thought that they're a better team than where it was showing. But there's basically two games separating seven teams um, all the way up to the four spot. It kind of gets a little bit further 
in those top three uh, teams, but that's a large amount of teams kind of like vying for those play-in spots and seeding. So the East is going to be a lot of fun, even if it might not be as high quality as the West. I, I think we're in for an exciting uh, closeout to this season. Uh, see if the Knicks can hold, but yeah, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Something about the East. NFC East was terrible, but you couldn't take your eyes away. Um, the East is definitely not as bad as the NFC East, but it drops off quickly. But you're not going to be able to take your eyes away. I think it will be fun to watch to the end um, and see who finally makes it in. Yeah, I think we're seeing two teams kind of show where they should have been the whole time and the Raptors and the Heat kind of making their runs uh, up into the like the five and six spots. I can see that happening. So it ends up being probably for the seven and eight seeds there which would put the Knicks, Hornets, Pacers, Bulls. And then, I mean, technically you could throw in Hawks, Cavs, Wizards, Magic, because they're all within like a three to four game like window there. Um, and the Wizards, like you were saying, um, have played pretty well um, as of late and seem to be getting healthier with Russell Westbrook and some of the COVID stuff that they had to deal with. Um, Beal still on the team, so that gives them a little bit of a, um, a, a ray of hope there that they can still make a push because that's two really talented players on that team. So it's going to be exciting. Um, I think it will end up being for only you know two, two three spots and at least get to the play-in game, and I think that will be a lot of fun to watch. So love the chaos. Always love it. Uh, and speaking of Harden, he's heading back to Houston for the first time since being traded. So that should be uh, an interesting reception for him. At least he's kind of lucky that there's no fans. I would be very interested to see how the fans would react to him. Uh, if you had to guess, how do you think they would respond if they were there? This is a tough one because it does look like he did a lot for the Houston community while he was there. Um, very active out and about. But it probably don't, I don't think, as of right now, I don't think it would go well, you know, he didn't win a championship in Houston, so he doesn't have that going for him. Um, it wasn't a great look on the way out, no matter really how you feel about players pushing themselves out of contracts and different sites like that. Um, I think it would be mixed. Um, the Rockets also stink right now, <laughs> so I don't think anybody cares so much. So, um yeah, I think it'd be mixed almost. They're not good enough for it to for it to be something right now. If Houston still had some, you know, juice, but I think I just saw they lost 12 straight. So I think it'd be flat at this point, sadly. Yeah, I yeah, they have lost 12 straight. Um what's too bad is it's not gonna be a fun game to watch because I think the Nets will blow them out most likely or you know. That could be a close game. Um, I do think they would give him a hard time. And if he ends up doing anything of success with the Nets um, when there's fans next year, I think you could expect a really poor reception for him. Um, so I think it will be almost similar to, um, I think Kawhi was a different, a little bit different when he like asked his way out of San Antonio, but he got booed the first time he went back and then it was kind of like okay we got it out like we're good with this now and i think that's yeah and i think 
Houston will probably end up being the same where it's like, all right, you need to give us our opportunity to like, just let you know that we're very upset with you and then move on after that. Um, but I, I think they'd be more upset if, if he were to have, uh, end up winning the title in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> so close with them and couldn't actually do it. So, and then he goes and leaves and uh, in the fashion that he did and, um, you know, even if he did a lot for the community, it was still a bad look for him um, on how he how he left that organization to dry. Um, so, love the drama though. You know, you know me, the NBA drama. So it should be an interesting. There's already some, like they've been interviewing James and his expectations, and I've heard some stories about some of the people that work at the facility and how unhappy they are that he's coming back. And it should be interesting. Love the drama. He loves enough him. of it. <laughs> um, the only thing I wanted to talk about real quick is Kyrie last week was uh, bringing up um, Kobe as the NBA logo. Um, I had an idea to change the logo every year to a different player from the past, but I just wanted to hear if you could pick a top three or four players that you would want to see become the NBA logo, who would you throw in that mix? Oh, man. Let's go... Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Larry Bird. All right. And just say I won't have crossover. Um, Kareem, Dr. J. Ah, Go continue. Go ahead. (laughs) Dr. J, Magic Johnson. And I'll throw in, like, just because he was one of my favorite players in the league, AI, Iverson. Would it be the step over? <laughs> oh, that'd be a great one. That or just him crossing. It'd be fun if he crossed up. Uh, they had the MJ crossover too. I meant Kareem because I think the sky hook would be freaking awesome. I think that'd be a great logo. But uh, so Hakeem's good. can't. Yeah, I think Hakeem get is a little underrated. So I'm glad I said it. Freudian slip. Meant it. No, no, but I, Hakeem's still an excellent option because of you know where he came from. He was in MJ's draft. He won two titles. He still had like a huge impact on the league. Um, and so I think he's still actually involved in, in the league in some ways, but for that African uh, NBA connection and, and building up the popularity of the sport over in, in that uh, continent is like huge. Um, so he, I mean, definitely worthy. He would have definitely been uh, on my list of one of the people that could do it. I could see a Shaq dunk being an awesome logo too, though. Um, so he'd be a fun one. AI, like I mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of good options. That's why I think my idea of like changing it every every year would be fun because we get something new and uh, exciting. I know, I know we talked about it a little more after the podcast last week. I also do think it'd be cool if each team you know, could have their own logo, maybe not the entire year, because I do think the NBA needs a solid logo, and I do like your idea of switching it, but I think it'd be kind of cool if there was a night or an anniversary of a team or something where they could kind of dock up their own logo for their own team, and you know, and then you could turn around and auction off those jerseys towards a a cause, whatever cause that team wants it to go towards, or the NBA wants it to go towards, um, I think you could raise a ton of money that way for a good cause. Um, and I also think it'd be cool, a limited edition jersey like that with, you know, Celtics do Larry Bird, 76 ers do Allen Iverson or Dr. J. Um, you know, Utah Jazz 
Stockton or Malone? Uh, maybe not Malone, but we'll go Stockton. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to be tied to him recently, but um, uh, but continue down that road. So I, I, it'd be cool. I definitely I like that idea. I wasn't sure right away where you were going with it when we started talking about it, but you definitely sold me. I think I think they could have a lot of fun with it. And yeah, obviously just... we're taking out. You know, you have to pay for this person's likeness and that person's likeness and this, that, that, this, that. And I get it, all you trolls out there are going to tell us, well, it's going to be too much money. You can't do that. Well, whatever. Have a little fun. Also, the NBA should pay for, for it, too. Jerry West has been um, not compensated correctly for using his likeness when they kind of say that there's no proof that it's Jerry West, when as where the designer that actually did it has said, yes, it was 100% Jerry West. <laughs> But the NBA has kind of like shied away from it because they know what it means if they end up admitting to it. Yeah. So, um, but but they have the money and they could do it and they should uh, if if they had the opportunity to. Um, and that's just, it would be fun. I, I don't want it. We're, we're trying to have fun here, so don't uh, don't shoot down. Yeah, <laughs> don't be the don't fun It's a cool yeah. idea. You can take your opinion and shove it. <laughs> so we tell each other all the time too. So <laughs> it's all love. Uh, so we've been taking a break from Parks and Rec, uh, but we're back and into season five now. So we did episodes one, two, and three. Um, so we're back to talk about those. Um, yeah, so only three seasons left, um, getting close to the end. Um, what'd you think of one, two, and three? What was your favorite opening? Uh, my favorite opening was in two, um, when April got Andy, a picture of Andy in bandana <laughs> underwear because he couldn't do any laundry and sent his laundry to April because April did it better. And April just ends it with, I love him so much. Um, that <laughs> like was <my> crying. <laughs> I love him so much. And again, they're perfect. It's a perfect couple. They can do no wrong. They're amazing. I love them. So if there's any reason I love Parks and Recs, it's Andy and April. So they're phenomenal. So that was my favorite opening. Yeah, I I have that as my favorite as well. But I'll just shout out the other one that was on in the running uh, was from the first episode, uh, Leslie and Andy going to Washington. Um, one because it's the first time we've seen like Leslie kind of in that situation, um, and you know that what her aspirations are from her career point of view. So it's just cool to see her, you know, kind of in the the mecca, uh, so to speak, of like where government work kind of brings you if you want to move outside of local government stuff. Um, and so just cool to see those two interacting with each other and seeing them in that space. And, and then um, Leslie just kind of having the, the moment where she's like, now throw away the guidebook. And then Andy actually throws it away. And she's like, well, actually, can you go get that? <laughs> uh, so that was good. Um, favorite moments, scenes, quotes, anything? Stand out to you. Hmm, I got to run through this a little bit because it's been over two weeks since the first one. Um, I love Ron, you know, talking about um, the barbecue he's going to put on for I mean, no fucking vegetables, no fucking vegetables. Um, the gum treasure map that Andy was infatuated with, you know, national uh, national treasure throughout the thing, and he just starts pulling gum apart, and he's like, "How do you know this isn't?" This isn't a treasure map. Nope. Definitely got <laughs> definitely. Um, the fact that the pig's name was Tom. 
Yes. Uh, oh, before you do that too, this barbecue is usually run by Leslie, and it's called the Leslie Nope Employment Enjoyment SummerSlam Grill Grill Jam Fun Explosion. Fun Explosion. Yep. 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 <laughs> and, and Ron, has, so to, and Ron with, has to run it. <laughs> not so much with Ron. Um, I did like that. Uh, to, Tom's name for butter. Uh, disco dairy spread the party um, and the fact that Tom and uh, and word thank you uh, I always forget her name um, pretending to be together to win that bet um, you know Ron's car choice kind of I did not expect him to be in that little like sedan car pulling the smoker I, you know like a, a truck or you know something else besides that car didn't fit him it fit his character <laughs> kind of did like nondescript so i get that but i'm just like what is why does he not have a pickup truck like i just feel like the way he acts in all these seasons he would just have some old pickup truck that was like his first car he's like i fix it why would i buy a new car that's dumb yeah I, I can see that i could i can see that uh that's kind of one of the if you wanted to nitpick or say things you were like oh, i don't know if that made sense but um leslie you know just saying ponies overrun with raccoons and obese children um, <laughs> the john mccain uh cameo was funny in the coat room i did like that that was pretty good by him uh but, 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 but sparkle skin another one where uh, <laughs> all right so which which of these which of these ideas do you think was the best? I have each of their slogans and the ideas. I have to go with Disco Dairy Spread the Party. <laughs> it's just, it just rolls off the tongue. It's funny. Um, I mean, I don't think it's like a good idea by any means, but I think it's funny. I, I would have gone with Sparkle Suds, Dress Loud, Glitter in the, in the Laundry Detergent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then right at the end, your work is appreciated. Here's some corn and Tom <laughs> and Tom does eventually get cooked and they all love it. Cause Tom tastes really good. Um, so not my best for season one. I apologize everyone. I watched it two weeks ago. And then the reason why we didn't do it last week is my fault. So, but I did watch two and three very recently. So I'm very much more up to date on those. Um, <laughs> They ran Sue Salad out of town, you know, Pawnee, all those. <laughs> Colonel Plump Sloth Trough, formerly Sue Salad. <laughs> um, Leslie talking to Ron, you know, I know you hate feeling emotions. Um, two miles under 25 minutes is ridiculously slow. <laughs> really, really, really slow. That's a 12 minute mile. You know, you can just about walk that. Andy being like, that's a typo, right? That's humanly impossible. You can just about walk that at a brisk pace. Um, I figured you'd have strong opinions on. Uh, yeah, that Andy's. was terrible. Pull, please. Come on. Um, you literally could walk that. The fact that it took him 29 minutes to do two miles, you know, 15 minutes a mile. Um, that's blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not doing math right now. It's over four minutes a lap, but that's pathetic. Um, I'll get off my soapbox. The water zero, the zero standing for zero water. <laughs> um, and all the sizes of the cups, the child size, it's about the size if you liquefied a child. <laughs> yeah. I think you could, I, I could fit my niece in that cup. 
Um, <laughs> I th- you know, I always do some of them hit and some of them miss when they do the, the like the the city forums or the town forums. The guy just grabbing that woman's purse and like, please stand quiet. And but he's like, oh, a lot of pill bottles in his purse. Um, and then I think it was this episode where the guy says, I don't pay an income tax. And he's like, no, you absolutely do. And he's like, that's not your problem. He's like, no, it very much is. <laughs> you don't know what I look like. You don't know who I am. And he just sits back. <laughs> so those are pretty good. Um, ben made me very uncomfortable when he tried to be cool. Um, <laughs> I was uncomfortable with him, with him acting that way. Rock that scuba. <laughs> what is a scuba? No idea. So um, I like the sorry dad with the picture at the end, April giving him a hard time. Ben's not allowed to yell at April. I had a problem with that. It's not okay. No one's allowed to yell at April. Um, so the April Ellis moment at the end, <laughs> Ellis hates you and he has herpes. And then just like reams them out and makes him do the work. You know, I thought that was a funny ending. I think that was my favorite ending um episode three didn't like it wow didn't any reason didn't why? like it i tried way too hard i thought the jokes were bad um didn't like that other councilman i don't know i i thought they mailed it in a little bit with that episode did not not a fan of it um the one thing I had Bonnaroo flashbacks for when they were just sitting in the line in the car. Like the last day when we were there, we were like, well, get out of here in no time after Billy Joel. And then we're sitting in the car and we both just turned off the car and fell asleep until it finally started moving hours later. So yeah. I did have Bonner- I had the nostalgic Bonnaroo moment from when we went. But yeah, I mean, I wrote down a few things, but April, episode three didn't do it for me. I did like one and two, but I don't know. I just kind of felt like they mailed it in with that one. Interesting. All right. Good take. We can get into that. Um, yeah, when we haven't actually had a moment where we're like, oh, we none of us really liked that like episode in, in quite a while. Um, but going back to the first episode uh, for quotes and stuff, just barbecue should be about one thing, good shared meat. That was Ron's line. And then he said, most of all, there will be no fucking vegetables. Yes. And then and then Jerry asks about corn on the cob, and Ron just stares at him and is just, no. <laughs> um, and then Ron's permit uh, to, to allow himself <laughs> that, to, to, I did write that down. to slaughter uh, the pig named Tom. He just says, and he hands it over to the ranger, and the ranger's just like, this just says, I can do what I want. <laughs> um, and then everyone's like asking Ron about Ron didn't obviously plan very well. Um, it's like, oh, so is there drinks for the kids and stuff? And he goes, um, there's beer in the car. And they're like, what about for the kids? And he goes, there's a hose over there and they can water down the beer. Down the beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when Ron packs up the barbecue and it's still cooking while he drives away with the grill in the back of the car. Oh, going everywhere. <laughs> um, Andy call, saying to uh, Leslie, your kick-ass Leslie. Just love that, like, compliment. Really cool compliment between those two. Um, into the second episode, um, the amount of sugar, like, uh, and showing uh, Leslie the amount of sugar that's consumed by an average 10-year-old every month is just crazy. And then Leslie starts 
eating the sugar and it's like, oh my God, it's so good. What'd you put in the sugar? <laughs> um, and then Ron protesting Leslie's tax by just showing up with like the worst food possible. This is like some like heart attack burger, essentially a large soda and everything just to protest her. Um, I called out all of those same moments of the different sizes of the uh the the cups and one of them being the little swallow option so it's like a three ounce sixty cup size and it's like but for only a nickel more you can get a 64 ounce <laughs> small <laughs> you can get a small call the small yeah exactly um and then the water is zero 300 calories is zero or first the amount of water in it if you want zero calorie water try diet water zero light it only has 60 calories <laughs> um so that was good. And and then I thought just it was an interesting moment. Um, they're already trying to recall Leslie because of what she's proposing uh, with a soda tax. Um, and then just Tom, uh, we get like Chris is still struggling with his mental health. And Tom actually recommends that he goes and sees a therapist um, for the first time. So we get to hear um, funny little tidbit. We're never going to actually meet Chris's therapist. We will only ever hear about him. So fun little fact there, but just getting introduced to Chris's therapist, um, in that way, it was kind of funny. Um, and then in the third episode, uh, Leslie, um, or like she goes on Joan's show so we get to see Joan Calamezzo again. So I just love those two being together. It's always a fun, that is your opinion is literally the definition of, yeah. well, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just Joan's such a great character and, and her and Leslie are always fun to put together. Um, Jerry picking up a 911 call after Chris started the 311. And so then Jerry just is constantly helping people either deliver a baby or just dealing well, with whatever madness. Ron like doesn't miss a beat. What do you do with the head pointing oh, down? Yeah, you roll it and you do it and like, hell, John. Uh, we get introduced to a new non-named Tammy love interest to Ron, uh, Diane. Uh, what do you think of her? Did you like that um, pairing at least? Um, I didn't hate it. Again, uh, I don't know. Everything just seemed... There's one part of the episode, I guess, Ron it did stay true to Ron's character. I could see Ron actually going out and fixing a pothole like that. So, I mean... And, there's Andy for you. Like, so yes, Andy and Ron, like they, that wasn't out of Ron's character to just pick up and go fix a pothole like that. So not surprised. And he kind of met the female version of Ron kind of the way she, how did you do that? So I can fix it the next time it happens. So yeah. Um, Shops at food and stuff. Yep. I got these clothes at food and stuff. So <laughs> a good introduction. Um, I think that could be an interesting um, unveiling between the two of them. So uh, I'll see where that goes. Yeah, I loved Andy playing with little girls. He was Princess uh, Rainbow Sparkle. Um, <laughs> and then Ron getting his makeup done by them too. Um, and then the, yeah, this one was less fun though. Um, I do like Diane throwing a joke at Ron though, because she ends up going to meet up with, I loved her asking him out uh, on a date. Um, and Andy kind of facilitated that by writing a message on the pothole that Ron had just fixed. Um, but I loved her comment of it will be casual, no need to wear makeup 
just love that little line to because Ron was so embarrassed about that moment when the girls do him in makeup and and thought like it was ruined but she just kind of made light of it it was fun and you know razzed him a little bit about it um yeah other than that not many other fun moments but um but yeah I think we talked about a little bit about the stuff we didn't like is there anything else you didn't like that you wanted to get into or is that kind of already covered do you think yeah I think it's already covered I mean there wasn't anything I just like hated about the episode I just thought it was kind of flat um didn't think a lot of the earlier jokes like especially the jokes in the opener I don't think they were very funny um so I don't know I just felt like it felt mailed in a little bit which yeah it happened we know we know this happens too Yeah, yeah it's it's early it's um a 20 episode season like an over 20 episode season again so there's going to be moments where they have to have this that wasn't like a non-filler episode there was still plot points driven forward and stuff like that um like it's more of like just putting characters it's more of a bottle episode like we got to see ben and april spend time together ron and andy spend time together leslie and tom spend time together so it's just like pairing different people up with each other and getting some um hijinks out of those pairings but it wasn't like super plot heavy which we've already talked about parks and rec is a little bit more different as a comedy and that it's very plot like it's usually driving towards a specific like there's still storylines that happen from like season one or season two that are kind of like still relevant um in season five or have like progressed from those moments so um but yeah i agree with that um did you have a favorite um side character over those three episodes um favorite side character favorite side character i like i said i thought the john mccain cameo was funny and that's a side character (laughs) is i guess okay so we'll go it was more of a moment but you know i like that and then ellison too you know he didn't say much he didn't really do much but what he represents the the way the main characters interact with him i thought it was funny and a good addition and maybe all the interns in general when ben just rattles off like who they're all related to or who they know and he's just like, I'm just going to kiss all their butts. Um, <laughs> and it brought us Rock the Scoober, which. Rock that Scoober. It either has to be a writer. There's got to be more to that Scoober story. Or he just completely. I want to know more about Scoober. So. We all do. Uh, the I was between two. Um, it was between Diane um, and Councilman Jeremy Jam. Uh, I will go with Diane. I think Good seeing choice. Ron, seeing Ron get paired, J- Jeremy Jam is is kind of a, a fun character in later episodes um, because of the type of person he plays and him and Leslie's dynamic over their time as council um, people. But Leslie, I mean um, Diane, getting introduced to Ron and and getting like Ron a love interest um it's kind of a a fun interesting storyline and it's an interesting dynamic she's already got children how would how will ron do with someone that's pretty much his equal how will that kind of uh work itself out um it's kind of an interesting dynamic there so um and she's great i love that line she had a took one of her quotes from it so um the your favorite character over the three episodes 
think I'll go with April. I think it's pretty interesting that April followed Ben to DC. Um, so I do think her character has grown a little bit in these three episodes, especially two. She gets called to the carpet for not taking stuff super seriously and kind of having a sar- sarcastic lifestyle, but also she didn't lose the character she is. So yes, she continues to have Ben's back, um, but she doesn't lose the edge that she has. Um, so I, I do, I do like the relationship she creates with some new characters. She has a, she has a relationship with Leslie. She has a relationship with Ron. Obviously, she has a relationship with Andy, and now she's having a relationship with Ben. Um, so I think I, I obviously, and I don't hide it. I love April and Andy, but um, I like how her character can just morph to any, pretty much any character in the show. Yeah, she she puts up a front, right? Like she's clearly. The, almost the heir apparent to Leslie, but just does it completely different from how Leslie would ever do anything. Um, so she doesn't like to seem like she will do anything like when she hands over the paper uh, to the memo to Ben with like 14 different fonts and sizes on it after he asked her not to, just trolling him essentially. Um, so she still tries to find moments of fun and, and you know tries to create chaos where she can, but she when it comes down to it, she will she cares about these people and she'll fight for them and, and we'll do what's necessary to, um, to help them. Um, and I think that's a great quality that she has. And I think when she is messing with someone like Ben, like she does in, I think it was the first or second episode, um, you know, it's all out of love. She, she does still care about him, even if she, she just likes to have fun with people. That's just who her character is. Um, doesn't always work that way. Cause it's not, everyone's like an Andy for her. Um, but uh, it is who she is, and she stays true to that, like you said. Um, I was going to go with Ron, actually. I thought he had a really strong performance over these three episodes, between one, getting a love interest, which I haven't really seen him have um, outside of, like, his ex-wives and a um, couple hookups here and there. Um, between that, he has to run the barbecue, and Chris kind of gives him a talking to about how he has to appreciate the people um like he turned down chris's job um and chris kind of is like that's okay but you do have to take your job that you do seriously and like help these people and like appreciate like that barbecue isn't about you it was to appreciate the employees and the people that work for you um and that's why he ends up you know giving them the ribs and and the corn and and not making it about himself and then he gives leslie great advice when she's like torn on like what to do with the soda tax and how she should vote and she, he reveals to her that he tried to fire her three times um, and re- withdrew it each time um, because of he, I, I forget what he ends up, I forget the quote, but it's like, he'd rather, oh, rather work with someone with conviction than a kiss ass. Um, and then he gives her a compass um, to kind of like use as like a, kind of like a metaphor for, you know, you'll find your way um, kind of thing. So between all of those things that, uh, I think he puts up a, a pretty strong performance over the three episodes. Um, and it's no, uh, like, no, like, secret how much I love Ron Swanson. Like, he's one of the best TV characters I think that's been created in TV. I actually wished that uh, Comedy Central had given him a 
uh, a political show as Ron Swanson would have been a, an awesome political show. Um, like when they were trying to replace Stephen Colbert or uh, The Daily Show, I was like, oh, they should just hire Ron Swanson, the character Ron Swanson to, to perform it. I thought it would have been a, a fun show to hear liberal or um, not liberal, liber libertarian Ron Swanson give their take on. <laughs> I hate um, all government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who are you voting for for president? I'm not voting. Exactly. Um, and so the last thing is just, I think yours is only between two episodes and, and mine kind of is too, but favorite episode over the three. Uh, I'll go with two. Um, you know, like you said, the, the soda stuff I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then the way Ben just shifted towards the interns and that, that whole thing. Um, and the April ending was very funny. So uh, I'll go with two. I like one. Um, I like the barbecue scenes. I like the Tom and relationship. We, we remember that they moved in with each other. And I think it was you that said you didn't think it was going to last. And it was already over in the first episode. Um, I think Anne's quote was like, after the first day of moving in together, they broke up. <laughs> it was just like not a surprise at all. Like uh, no joke. That was obviously a mistake. Um, yeah, Leslie being in DC and kind of getting a taste. She actually had a super disappointing trip to to DC. She felt like she was out of place, um, and the work she did wasn't like important to to anyone's. But it just didn't debtor her in any way. In her traditional positive, enthusiastic way, she just went back and did the work um, that she was saying uh, she was trying to get help from DC with. Um, and so I think from all those elements. Um, it's just uh, a good episode and a good like reintroduction into the into the season, um, you know, continuing the ends of those storylines and um, and bring us to a new location too in DC. Um, so it's kind of fun. Um, so that's it for five, uh, one, two, and three. So episode, season five, episodes one, two, and three. Um, what do you want to do for next week? Three again? I know that's been our tradition. I don't know. Sometimes four leads to more talking points. Like we can like more things to discuss, um, but up let's to you go, what you think. Let's go with three right now. All right, so we'll do four, five, and six. Um, should be some exciting stuff happening. Just looking at quick descriptions of the episodes to remind myself what's coming, because I already know everything anyway. Um, <laughs> but just to kind of see what you might be getting yourself into. Um, but yeah, four, five, and six of season five, we will get into next week. Uh, we have the All-Star Game coming up from the NBA. So I'm sure I'll end up watching that. So we'll get into that. And then any other NFL news or NBA stuff that happens over that time period, the All-Star Game is bound to have plenty of drama or storylines or, or interesting things to talk about. Um, and then Parks and Rec stuff. Uh, so until then, we will talk to you all next week. See you, everybody.